I want to add that it's allowed me to connect to other realtors in ways that I didn't think I would, you know, because sometimes you have a perception of certain realtors that are like that homegrown realtor that's in the area, but them seeing me on Instagram sometimes allows them to connect to me as a person. And even though you don't see me a lot, I'm very vocal um, with DMs and things like that. And I'm gracious and I have a lot of gratitude for everything in life, not just about my business. You're listening to The Real Estate Sessions. I'm your host, Bill Risser. Listen in as I interview leaders in our industry, getting their stories and their journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 238 of The Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much for telling a friend today back to the world of Inman. And I get to stay in the state of Florida as well as I'm going to be talking to Nicole Mickle. Nicole is an agent with Mainframe Real Estate. Uh, Nicole's done a lot of really cool stuff in her history. Talk about, I'm going to call her the Nicole of all trades. Uh, you'll see why shortly. And uh, she's got a great story. Uh, and I love the fact that she's a part of the Inman Ambassador crew, full of energy. Really that great person on Instagram. We're going to talk a lot about that tool. So, so let's get started. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Bill. So nice to be here. I can't wait to chat with you. Um, I got to meet you at Inman, like many of the other people that I've I've put on the show. I think it's a it's it's a great place to 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 run into people who are doing really cool things in different parts of the country. And I didn't realize when I first met you how close we are to each other, because I'm over here in St. Pete and you're in Orlando, right? Yes, I discovered that when we were in Vegas the last time. I'm like, I didn't know he was that close to me. Yeah. I'm like thinking you were up north because everybody's always from somewhere really different. Florida's like not the big component when we go to, to any of the connects. No, you're right. There doesn't seem like to be a ton of Florida people. Um, now, are you, let's see, are you a native Orlandian? I don't know how we say that. Is that right? Yeah, native of Orlando, born and raised. Yeah. What part? Because I know Orlando, I get to know it better because I'm work. I'm working over there. So tell me what, what are, whereabouts. I am located in Winter Garden right now. I'm about six yeah. minutes away from Disney World, but yeah. I grew up um, closer to downtown Orlando, okay. and um, which is like the heart of the city. Right. And um, but when I went ahead and left and came back uh, from college, I wanted to go ahead and kind of move around a little bit and get to know the city. And Winter Garden is actually where I've been over the last fifteen years. And. Tell me what it's like. I've asked this question to a couple people from Orlando. What is it like being that close to Disney World? What's it like living in the most visited city on earth? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. It's like we're so close, but we're not. The only time that I really know that I'm really next to Disney is at night for the fireworks. So it's been so eerily quiet with the um, COVID situation because that's kind of like, you know, when you know, 10 o'clock or eight o'clock is going to roll around is when based on the fireworks. And then it comes a time that people are like, what's that when they visit you for the first time? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, what's that noise? I'm like, oh, those are the fireworks coming in. So it's kind of cool in a way because um, some communities around here, you can hear the monorail trains. And to some people that would be like a negative, but for the people who move here from all over the world, they're like, this is like a little ecosystem, but it's just, it's a small town within another town, so it's kind of cool to me. Yeah. My wife and I were big fans of Disney. We grew up in San Diego. 
So mm-hmm. it's been fun to, we've, we've re-upped with passes again and we're that couple that'll mm-hmm. just shoot across, you know, yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, we yeah. have that here. Like they have monorail um, groups and Disney groups. So a lot of my neighbors are from somewhere else. So it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like a novelty here. No one is really from Orlando. And it's like, where are you from? It's like, no, I'm right here, born and raised. And they're laughing yeah. at me. Yeah. yeah. We, you mentioned the COVID-19 thing. We got to talk about it, right? We're, we're recording this episode. The same week that uh, yeah. our governor, DeSantis, phased in this reopening, you know, like a lot of other states are doing. So talk about how things are going in Orlando for you. Um, I'm sure that some restaurants have opened around, maybe limited access and all that kind of stuff. But I also want you to tell me what's going on in your real estate market over there. Okay. Um, as far as we did a soft opening phase one was actually this past Monday. Okay. So you're going to have the restaurants that are open. Very few municipalities are open, but they're um, allowing people to come in as long as it's at 25 percent occupancy on the interior of the the property. They're allowing outside seating, which is, you know, kind of nice because they can separate people a little bit more for social distancing. But we have, you know, it's sunny and we haven't had much rain. So it's like, you know, people just happen to kind of be out. But for real estate concerns, it's actually um, in the last two weeks, it's gotten excessively busy. and. We're going into multiple offers. We already had a low um, count of inventory, but now it's like getting crazier. So you may find two to three offers on a property less than 24 hours. Um, So you have to get out there, do the virtual um, showings to the clients. A lot of my clients are relocation. So I'm doing virtual showings all throughout the day. I come home, I write offers. I'm up to like two o'clock in the morning right now to get things done. Wow. What I've re- what I've noticed in Central Florida here is mm-hmm. agents that have, that knew what they were doing and were kind of busy. Mm-hmm. That it, they're they're the busy ones right now. Yeah, my my colleagues in at the office and they're they're busy too. Even with some of the properties they had to remove off off the market, and people are kind of afraid. But now it's like now that we may be in this new normal for another ninety days or so, they're like, let's do it. And a lot of my clients are like, hey. Interest rates are still low. It doesn't make any sense. We just need to do this safely. So I do an extra step with um, the agents if I'm showing for them to let them know I will be in gloves. I'll have masks. I'll have wipes with me. They're also doing the same. We have like little stations on, on the exterior of the home. The doors are left open. The sliders are left open. So everybody's kind of working together, even though it's additional work that we are doing. But we want to stay safe and we want to protect the clients' homes as well. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I, I love I love the fact that in a lot of other parts of the country are experiencing a lot worse than we are down here. But as of this moment, you know, I think in our industry and, you know, on the, mm-hmm. me on the title side, we're we're staying busy and that's that's a good thing. So let's just keep our fingers crossed. I always do some digging and I'm a big guy. Where do people go to school? And so <laughs> now you have to um, I saw that you went now. I don't know if it's ever called FAMU, you know, but that's FAMU. FAMU, okay, Florida A and M University, right? Agricultural mm-hmm. and mechanical—that's what A and M stands for, right? I think. So let's tell me first of all, tell me where Florida A and M is, because I'm going to be—I'm only—I'm new to Florida, and and talk about okay. why did you decide to go to school there? Um, Florida A and M University is located in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. Um, most people would recognize Florida State University, of course, for their football team. Yeah. And um, for me, it was my mom graduated from Florida A and M. 
So she was a huge rapper and she's a huge football fan, baseball fan, like everything. So for us, it was kind of like a way for her to kind of meet up with her classmates and friends and they would bring their kids. So growing up in that environment, when I was able to go ahead and make a selection to school, my mom was like, well, you can go anywhere if you want to. But in Florida, people is kind of like, you know, in the South, it's like wherever your parents went, they're going to kind of push yeah. you that direction. Yeah. And for most people, it's like you don't want to go to that school. But for me, it was small enough, but far enough away that I could feel like a young adult. And I kind of knew the area. And I was like, you know what? Orlando was a small town back then. So for me to go to Tallahassee, it was like kind of having my own space. But it was such a, a nice environment because we met people from all over the world. And then we were able to have smaller class sizes. We got to know our professors. And yeah. it was just a different experience that was like almost like a family. And, and it's a camaraderie since, you know, graduating because um, I've had people like when I first you know, left college, they're like, I saw your resume. They're like, not talking about what I did, but they're like, did you go to FAM? I'm like, yeah. Huh? They're like, oh, yeah, we know about it. Because remember now, back then, no one knew about, knew about the school. Now it's like yeah. national. But That's they great. didn't know then. So now it's like, okay, now you're making connections just based on the university. And if most people would say to you, um, did you go to Florida? And them we're kind of like, hmm. Now, if they say, are you a rattler? Then you know you're legit. <laughs> you know the logo now then so yeah. florida um trying to think like d2 football right you're in the you're in the shadow um, of florida state but I, I th- I they even, might be division I, one now they might be division one look, now. look i don't think it's, it's definitely not d1 stop okay it's, not, it's, it's like the meac or something i don't even know that my okay. mom would the meac, be meac is important no. Come on. Well, I, I don't know when you you grew up in a household with florida state with two older brothers okay. it's like we're just talking about academics with Florida and we weren't talking about, you know, the football. football. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So so you're in school there. What was your area of study? Business economics. All right. So that takes you down a, a million different paths if you want to go, whichever way you want to go. That was the kind of the thought process at that yeah. time because I didn't want to go too generic with business administration. And they had a huge um, business school. So for me, economics was something that was kind of interesting to me. But I never would have thought I would apply it more in my life until real estate. Yeah. No kidding. So Mm -hmm. um, you weren't probably thinking realtor right out of college. I'm just guessing. Uh, No. Okay. That's usually the answer. What was was finance? Finance. Yeah. I yeah. thought finance would be my thing. I love numbers. And um, it was like, you know, something that would be almost a consistent job that I could possibly find. That's the way I'm thinking back at 22, 23. Yeah. Perfect. And then after coming out, I went into like banking management. And from doing banking management, it led to me, you know, to the next career, which I knew banking wasn't going to work for me because I kind of like. I don't call outside of the lines, but I just don't want to go do the same thing every day in the office. Gotcha. And so you, and you figured out a way. I, I, it's funny. I, the phrase is Jack of all trades. After doing some research on you, you're like the Nicole <laughs> of all trades. <laughs> all, I'm going to make a new so, word. So what happened was um, with that, I started, I mean, I was a hard worker because my parents, you know, instilled that in me. Mm-hmm. So when I went to a job, I was the first one coming in, the last one going out, but I wanted to learn 
everything about a job. And most people are like, I just, this is my department. But being in a small bank, you have to go ahead and learn everybody's position from the tellers to everybody. So for me, I wanted to go ahead and do something else. So when the opportunity was presented by one of my own bank managers, they said, would you be interested in being a loan officer? I'm like, what do I have to do? Is it going to be difficult? They're like, no, we'll teach you everything. I'm like, cool. Let me quit my job and I'm coming over there. <laughs> so that's how, that's literally how it started. Um, and then when I became a loan officer, um, I just called out of the phone book to get clients. That's how I started. Old school cold calling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Old school cold calling is what I did. And it worked out for 10 years. And you, then you also then decide to start your own company. Let's talk about that a little bit. Migrating from that at the mortgage company, we had a lot of fun um, there, but we moved outside of Orlando as the company grew. And our, the owners were like, hey, we need to get Miami going. We need South Florida on the, on the books for like Palm Beach County on down. And um, we had some notaries that were like literally destroying our deals by strikeovers. You know how that's just not acceptable. Nope. Um, in closings. And back then we didn't have scanners and all that kind of stuff. We had a fax machine. But the way we had to get closings done were we either mailed them out but we had to do some last minute stuff. And I was the designated closer at the bank before I became a loan officer. Okay. So when they found out about that, they were like, Nicole, can you help us out and close some deals for a different department? I said, oh, sure, I can do it. And then I'm like, well, where do we need to go? And like, what side of town? And they're like, we need you in Miami tomorrow morning. I'm like, Miami? <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> they're like, well, um, we know you can do the closing. So longer story, what shorter story was like, hey, I went ahead and I started this business. Like, I don't even know. I came up with the name on a weekend with a couple of my girlfriends. And we were like, come up with a name for my notary company. And then I literally got on the road and started trying to find other people because I was closing deals by myself from Miami to Jacksonville to Tallahassee in one weekend. Wow. And I would drive from place to place. You found some people to help you in these different places? and Yes. And yeah. I, I went ahead and I would interview them with my style and kind of show them how, you know, to go up all the key points and kind of get in and out within a 45 minute period. From there, the company grew to almost like 2,500 notaries nationwide. But somewhere along the way, we got to we got to make you a realtor. So how does that happen? Well, okay. So after me doing that for a while, the whole mortgage meltdown happened and everything collapsed in finance. Mm -hmm. I found myself that time um, about just having my son. So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm on my way to retirement here. There's no company and business and then everything fell apart. So I had enough savings to kind of like figure it out. And one day, um, a client of mine who was one of the larger, largest um, short sale attorneys in town, he said, Nicole, we have an opportunity for you. We got a bit of a mess over here in our back end and we know you can clean us up and get us organized. I said, well, yeah, you know, I have some experience organizing things and I didn't know what I was getting into. He said, but the only thing we're afraid of is you've been doing everything from everywhere, from mortgages. We need you licensed to protect us from an attorney standpoint, because just in case you say something by mistake, we don't want someone suing us. So I said, okay, cool. I go get this license, never intended on selling a house. Cause I always said, I will never be a real estate agent ever. And they're like, why? You'll be great. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be a real estate agent. I'm behind the scenes. I do my thing. I, you know, do my numbers and I'm good. But once I went ahead and did short sales, I ended up staying there for two 
two years or so, and I did 200 short sales as a transaction person. Wow. That's getting, that's, so, so let me think this through. Lending, the closing part, that's, that's what I was good at when I, Mm -hmm. when I was, when I ran a branch, then you got, oh, working with asset managers and all that whole thing on the uh, short sale side. Mm -hmm. So you, you are just walking the path towards becoming a realtor. Yeah, at that point. And so they're like, well, Nicole, you want to come back and do finance? And my old managers, they're like, Nicole, the market's coming back. I say, yeah, I know. But I think that role is done for me. And when I was doing a short sale, even though I didn't love short sales, don't get me wrong, but I did like helping people because I felt like they were on the outcast. And I'm always like for the underdog in any situation. And I was like, these people just... They're losing their homes. Like I literally worked around the clock. I mean, for these these people, because I just couldn't let them lose their homes. I wanted them to have a clean slate and move forward. But what happened? One of my clients told me she said, "Nicole, we want you on our deal and representing us as the realtor for the next house." And I said, "No, no, no. I I don't do that. I just transaction management for for the for the realtors and the the um, attorneys." And they said, no, we've already looked you up and we know your license and we know you have an active license. So you're going to be our realtor or we're going to go ahead and go to another firm. And I need to call your manager now. And I was like, oh, boy. So that's how I became a realtor. Wow. <laughs> you're uh, you're now with a company called Mainframe Real Estate. And yes, I think I they're I think they're in Tampa now. Am I right? There's a they're yes. opening well, up. We just, expanding. Well, we just opened a St. Petersburg office. Yep. I should know that. I live. I'm standing in downtown St. Pete right now. Um, they're doing exceptionally well too. Right wow, now. that's great. They're already well, open and and moving and shaking over in that market. We'll have a side conversation about that, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Talk about how you came to Mainframe. What what brought you there? Um, what you love about it? For me, um, I came from a brokerage that was more of a you know local downtown brokerage Mm -hmm. and they had been here for many years but I knew with the direction that I was going with my business online and structuring everything I needed some different foundation from a brokerage standpoint and mainframe was the only one that far advanced at the time that was making it happen right how Um, long how long you been with them now I think it's it's been almost three years now okay yeah three years and once I made that migration it was, it was, I did a migration of my business as well, my thought process in my business. So I had to take a few steps back when I went there, but I think things were like kind of destined for me to go in that track to work with them. Yeah. Cause they Let's, have a, they have a backend office system. Everything is 100% online. So those things were in line with how I wanted to streamline my business too. Right. Let's talk about online with you, digital, social. Um, I can't call you an early adopter because you, you we didn't get in the business till you know after that stuff started exploding. But my guess is maybe you were kind of early in that game. Is that true? Yes, I, okay. I was because people laughed at me when I first started doing it, and <laughs> to the point I was kind of like a like a outcast in the beginning because I remember when I was going over to mainframe and they said, so what's the, what's the deal? What are you trying to do? And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be selling homes offline quite a bit. So I need to kind of align that with my, my business model. And they're like, what do you mean offline? Real estate is bought and sold by every day. I'm getting the boots on the ground and knocking on the doors. And I said, well, 
What about all those HOAs that call it soliciting? You know, you can't really knock on all these doors like we used to, remember? So for me, I started going on Instagram. And once I did Instagram, things changed. And I could see from a, you know, research standpoint, things were not going to go back once we started this. (laughs) So (laughs) I kind of got to get this thing kind of moving in a fast lane because I was, I was shocked even for myself. And I'm a person that loves technology. I love data. So when I started seeing those two worlds kind of collide, it was like, okay, this is making sense to me. So people thought, well, no one's going to buy a house off of Facebook and Instagram, whatever that heck that is. And I was like, Oh, okay. 1,000 followers on Instagram, my first big deal, 600,000. Wow. So let's go deeper into Instagram for a little bit. Um, I, I, when people ask me about Instagram, this is my take, that what you really have to be good at on Instagram is connecting with people. And it yes. requires great images and understanding the platform. But am I, am I yes. going down the right path? Yes, now it does. You have to understand the platform. In the beginning, it was so organic that you didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I mean, so you I left my I left my first picture on Instagram online. And if you saw my early pictures, they were scary. They were frightening. <laughs> it's I had a conversation with an agent this morning and she was new to Instagram. And uh-huh. and and uh-huh. she was and I I tried to explain to her I go that 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 grid this all those <laughs> pictures you see when you first go to someone's profile, it's powerful. <laughs> How powerful it is. is it? Talk about that. Talk it's, about it's the a, snap decision. Yeah. 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 Because it's a visual resume. People have the very, you know, quick attention spans. And when they come to that grid, they need to go to that bio. They need to know who you are, where you are, what you do and how you help them. That's it. Yeah. If it does not say that in the bio and the grid isn't right on the first six pitches. Goodbye. <laughs> That's Good so time. critical. Yeah, I I think that um you know, I think you know Chelsea Pites, right? Out of yes. uh uh-huh. Phoenix and Chelsea mm-hmm. had wrote a book mm-hmm. called What to Post and she talks about Instagram in there and I it it is I think for the people that Facebook was their first entry into the world of social, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram just kind of freaked them out. I mean, well, no, where do I put all my words? I go, well, there's a place for a caption, but but it it's is. it's a it's a picture first though all the time, right? Yes. Yeah. And and the way that I connect with people, I have an artsy side, thank goodness. So I can sketch, I can paint, but I have a kind of not whimsical, but it is a little bit. So I may go walk on the trail and take photos of nothing or magnolias or plants or angles and sunsets. And I never even put them on Instagram. I have like 8,000 photos and videos on my phone. So when COVID happened, they're like, what are you going to do? You're going to go. I'm like, I have tons of content right on my phone. Like I'm ready to go. And I think that helps because I'm not just posting about sell, sell, sell. I'm connecting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so critical, um, especially this time. Really important. Oh, yeah. Right, right now. now, you yeah, oh, you, you just can't, can't go be selling. Still. A lot of times I never even get a call or a like from the next client. I'll just get an email and they say, I've seen you on Instagram. Um, I've been following you and can you represent us? And I'm like, who, who are you? Like in the beginning, it was kind of like, are you serious? And I'm like, how does that connect? And they're like, I'm like, but what's your name? And I'm looking for them and I follow this. And they're like, oh, I don't even post. I kind of go on there sometimes, but I check out your stuff like, you know, couple every couple weeks or whatever. So you just never know. 
who's watching you and how they want to connect to you. And that's yeah. how it, that's how it happens. I love that. Give me, give me a couple of uh, common mistakes on social media in general that you see from uh, people in the industry. You don't have to name names, but that'd be fun if you did. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I would never, I would never do that, Bill. <laughs> I know. That's like, that's like us being behind closed doors. And right. Like, no, right. I, no, I try not to do that. No, because sometimes I just think people are just not informed. This is something that's brand spanking new. No one has like a playbook for everyone. I think it needs to align with the gifts the strategy, who they're trying to connect to, you know, those are competing. Those are the things I think people miss the most. They think they want to just sell themselves. And, you know, you being a $50 million producer does not help the guy that's down the road that has like 10 questions and some problems and some concerns. They want to know if if you're approachable. Can you help me is what they're asking themselves. Right. And if you're like the gazillion dollar agent that's, you know, jumping out of Lamborghinis all day, I mean, you might not be able to help a first time home buyer, you know? Yeah. No, I totally get it. I, th- I, I think, think the it's- perception that they want to kind of, the, the, you know, put out there sometimes can be a little off putting. Yeah. Listening to the customer and what they want. When you, when you, exactly. When you're serving, if you're in a servant spirit, I think it automatically connects to people that you're looking out for them. And I think that message, it resonates more now than any time. But that's always been my thing. I'm from the South. You know, I grew up in Orlando, but my dad's from Alabama. So most of my summers and Christmas was with with my cousins and my aunts in Alabama. So, you know, it's all about the people. Yeah, I get it. I think that's great. And look, I think that most successful realtors, um, most, almost all have that same mindset. You know, it's all about them. How yep. can I help? And and yep. it doesn't hurt that you can earn a good living and a great living by helping people. Yeah, That's all part exactly. of it. It's acceptable. I think um, also with that, I want to add that it's allowed me to connect to other realtors in ways that I didn't think I would. You know, because sometimes you have a perception of certain realtors that are like that homegrown realtor that's in the area. But them seeing me on Instagram sometimes allows them to connect to me as a person. And even though you don't see me a lot, I'm very vocal um, with DMs and things like that. And I'm gracious and I have a lot of gratitude for everything in life, not just about my business. But those are the people that a lot of times when you go into a multiple offer, I got to tell you, I think it helps (laughs) to want to work with someone who they think is going to go ahead and do the right thing through the process. That's awesome. Hey, we've got something coming up. You and I are part of something pretty cool um, because of yes. the situation. Yeah. Inman Connect Las Vegas was canceled quite a while ago. And mm-hmm. Brad and the team put together um, what's called Connect Now, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. You and I are both ambassadors. I think it's the largest ambassador team ever, right? Because we have like 38 yeah, but people it, I mean, in there. It is going to cover, I think what this is going to allow us to be able to expand our reach wider than we ever could before. You know right. how we're exhausted by the time we do those conferences. It's going to be fun. We're you and I were talking earlier before we went on the air. We're still not even quite sure what the platform is, but I'm excited yeah. about it. I know it's not Zoom. I'm pretty sure it's going to be something <laughs> beyond that. Um, and and we're going to be able to do some really neat things. I think you're you were identified as a connector, which is what you do very yes. well. Yes. And mine yes. mine was a conversation leader, which feels appropriate for me. And yes, so we're yes, we're being yes. we're being put in separate categories. Then they're going to have things that we're going to be out there doing, interacting with attendees, 
um, in a way, like you said, we've never really had a chance to do before. We're, I'm excited to see how this plays I, out. I am excited because um, I never really use Twitter like I need to unless I'm doing an Emin event. But that way, I'm able to go ahead and kind of create my list ahead of time and then maybe create groups of agents that are looking for specific things. So that's why I want it to be on the connecting, because I think I can go ahead and help them that maybe first time Emin, you know, exposed agents. I like those, the newbies. And then I think, you know, a lot of times they're not understanding the big the scope of what Emin is and how it can actually move them forward in areas that they may have to call an 800 number. Well, now you have the, the owner of the company that's actually there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How many so opportunities true. are you able to do that? How many, how many relationships have you built at Inman that have helped your business? Quite a few, I imagine. <laughs> it's so many. I can't even count. I mean, yeah. with me meeting, I think it was Laura Monroe in 2015. We met through Instagram. That was like major. And I had no idea, you know, I'm just like, okay, these are the companies I like. These are the people that I like. And I think that's what created the whole system. And it was just like, we started talking. It's like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. She knows marketing. So we, you know, chatted it up with that. And then she's like, hey, you want to come to the eminent San Francisco? I'm like, oh my gosh, how how am I going to do that? I'm just a solo person. I'm like, okay, you know what? I live once. I'll just go ahead and fly to San Francisco. And it was like, from there... It just allowed me to meet so many people that they may not have this branded name online, but they're there to help you. And they've been where you've been. And with me being a newer agent in a traditional, I didn't know a lot of stuff. So they were able to go ahead and I told them my problems. So that's why I want to give back to people like me from 2015 who need the help, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the role of an ambassador, right? Look for somebody yeah. that needs a little help and help yeah. with some guidance. Yeah. And it's going to be yeah, fun doing it digitally. Yeah. yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Once we get everything, all of our like corners that we're in, I think it's going to be real exciting within the next week or so. Yeah. Going to be fun. Well, look, I've had you here the half hour. I, I, I like to kind of honor everyone's time, but I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you the same final question I've asked every single guest on the podcast. And okay. that's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? Find your own voice. Don't, I mean, I can, I can say that people can go ahead and listen to a mentor or things like that. But I think some things that are developing right now in the industry, people need to know who they are, who they, what they, who they serve, what their purpose is, and then they need to execute and find their folks. Just because somebody closes a lot of deals does not mean that's your, that's your path you know, to, to do the same thing they did because everybody's different. And I think just keep an open mind and just kind of dabble and listen to a little bit in the beginning. And then from there, just do what's right for the people. And I think everything organically kind of comes together where you need to go. If uh, someone wants to reach out to you, Nicole, what's the best way to do that? I think I know, but what? Well, no, they can, um, they can email me. They can get on Instagram on Instagram. I'm I Orlando real estate. Email, my website is right there. I have all my channels. They can just dial the phone number if they want to. Now, I work late nights, but just don't call at crazy times. You know, but that's cool. <laughs> Send me a quick message. I'm constantly checking it, though. All right. I, I thank you so much for your time today, especially, you know, we're, 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 there's so much going on, even though we're, we're locked in our places. 
Um, but yes. you know, sometimes even carving out 30 minutes isn't easy, but I thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you for having me, Bill. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. To leave a review or rating, go to ratethispodcast.com slash RE sessions. You can also subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Finally, you can go to the realestatesessions.com and subscribe to our email newsletter and be notified whenever a new episode is released. Hey.